like sports talk with absolutely no sports talk welcome to the latest edition of the just not sports podcast this is the show where a couple guys who work in sports talk to the people who play and cover sports about anything they like just not sports on today's show we will talk to mls and u.s men's national team standout graham zussi about his love of the outdoors And whether it's enough to know how to make fire in the wilderness or whether you actually have to have done it before you trek out there (laughs) and call yourself a pro. We also, speaking of pros, we also will break down the new rap album from Pittsburgh Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell, which we think makes him worthy of even more years on that long-term contract extension he's been courting. Come on, Steelers, get it done. I'm your co-host, Brad Burke. I'm a sports marketer in Chicago, and joining me on the line is a respected, trusted, feared PR professional who has logged time with the Green Bay Packers and many global sports brands. It's Adam Allard. Adam, before we talk Le'Veon Bell rap... Yeah. What's your favorite what's your favorite rap song ever? Of my favorite rap song ever? Yeah, uh, what, what what about that question was confusing that needed clarification? Well, I I thought maybe you meant favorite athlete rap song ever, which I don't have one. No, dude, that's um, clearly Dana Barrow's uh check it. Yeah, it is. Um boy that is really tough. Uh, probably uh, get up, get out from the first Outcast album because Goody mm. Mob was on that song before anyone who knew CeeLo Green was, uh, and that song and that album um, really changed the way I thought about rap. So I don't know if that's my favorite of all time, but that's the one that comes to mind right now. Also with us in our Brooklyn Bureau, it is seven-time sports Emmy winner Gareth Hughes. Gareth, what's your favorite rap song of all time? Bird in the Hand by Ice Cube off his Death Certificate album. That is it. That is, there is more trenchant political commentary in that two and a half minutes than in anything that was said in the entire 24 news hour, 24 news, hour news cycle today. Full stop. Ice Cube is the man. He can make as many RV movies as he wants. Awesome. Brad, what is your favorite rap song of all time? Well, I'm going to go with probably the the consensus pick. I mean, I hate to go chalk, but I'll probably say Positive K's I Got a Man. <laughs> That's a great song, dude. You will not hear any complaints from me. What's your man got to do with me? I got a man. I'm not trying to hear that. See, Because you know what? He played both the men and the woman part. It'd be like if Spinderella was both the salt and the pepper part. You know what I mean? You got to respect that. Yeah. Also, arguably, the beginning of the Me Too movement. Like, uh, I said no. Well, I'm going to make a whole song about <laughs> why I'm not going to take no for an answer. 
It probably is. You know what? That's like that's a, now in in hindsight, that's a hugely problematic song, which uh, it's a good transition into our our show topic this week because there <laughs> yeah, it sure is. There are a few problematic parts of this. Right now, we're going to take the open of the show and make it wide open. Anything in the sports world is fair game. And guys, you know what we do on this show. Every other show, we'll, we'll hear a rap album come out from an athlete and be like, oh, they did it. Are they are, yeah. are they good? Uh, is this a good use of their time? Are they distracted? No, 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 mm. no, 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 no. On Just mm. Not Sports... We break that shit down like it is a 40 time from a running back. And right now, we're going to take Le'Veon Bell's new rap album and take you all the way as deep as possible. I'm talking like end of 2001 through the space vortex deep. Let's Mm. go. Because Adam, Mm -hmm. in our text exchanges... Yeah, I, I got the feeling that you loved this album a ton. No, <laughs> no. I, I mean, if you want to, is this? If I can start talking about it now, unless you want to just dive a little deeper first before. Well, I want to say, I, I want to say this first. I think we can all appreciate how short these songs were because no, this entire album was like eight songs that was like 34 minutes or something. And it felt yeah. very much like when Gareth recently said that on Netflix, he found a show that was like every episode was like 18 minutes. <laughs> and he was just really happy about it. <laughs> We're going deep on this album because I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly. Uh. I, but I will say, I'm not quite sure whether it's as good <laughs> as Le'Veon's previous work. Like, still nothing that he's done has come as high as First Flight, which I think is uh-huh. his pro- probably, I would I would call that his his Frampton Comes Alive of... Uh, uh, no, no, not, of, no. I still don't know who that is. I'm, I haven't Googled it yet. <laughs> if, I'm going to need a better reference. I think Le'Veon Bell is unique in the athlete rap space because I feel like he's the only athlete rapper who is living his athletic life through art. Meaning, Le'Veon has now put out songs that have lambasted his, you know, lambasted his teammates for not supporting his music. Like the new song Shade Room, which lit, like literally says, I tried to get my, uh, I tried to get me support just for the team's sake, but I didn't get no support, not even from teammates. Yeah, but since I'm getting money, people mad at me because they know they can't get it from me. And since I start to spit, and since I'm off the grid, I got haters saying they want me to do it big. Yeah, and on my first take, I had people talk about me like on first take. I tried to give me support just for the team's sake, but I ain't getting no support, not even teammates. Yeah, but I ain't tripping about it. I know the type is crowded, and guess they judge me cloudy, but I ain't never doubt it. I'm not doubting nothing. Everybody come in with a hand out one song. Yeah. This guy is like the only rapper in the athletic world that's not just talking about like fame and celebrity. He's talking about the logistics of being an athlete rapper. And I love that fourth wall breaking, man. Like, that's exactly what I want from Le'Veon Bell. Adam, I don't you appreciate at least how honest he's being with his rap? 
Well, here's what I'll say. It's the one positive thing I'll say during this conversation is I, I being uh, a career sports PR guy, we used to tell athletes, don't get into a locker room battle with a reporter because you don't get into war with someone who buys ink by the barrel. Meaning <laughs> the this writer has a platform to rip you and you do not have a platform to say anything back. And what I think is great is I, I don't I still don't think it's a great idea for a guy to get on Twitter and to get in uh, a battle with a media member. But I do appreciate um, uh, Le'Veon's dislike of Skip Bayless and the way he has worked that into his artwork. Look, he is interesting in that he is not shying away from the athlete part of it in his raps, which would make him like a real rapper. Like, at the same time, like, Brad, this music is terrible. Like, yeah. it's, it's, Brad, it's awful rap yeah. music. Brad, we need to talk. Um, <laughs> We've called you here tonight as your friends, Brad. If this is a Le'Veon Bell rap intervention, I'm fucking yeah. walking out. I'm going to be yeah. that guy who walks out during the last yeah. act and everyone's like, I hope I hope it's okay. I hope he comes well, listen, back. Listen, man, you used the word haters earlier, and that's accurate. Um, haters are necessary. Haters are like hunters. They're often controversial, but they're necessary to bring balance to the ecosystem. Um, I think you have done a really poor job and applauding Le'Veon for this kind of work. <laughs> we will never have him on the podcast now um, because <laughs> we have to try to positively evaluate this album and it's trash. Um, I think the general, this new uh, form of trap music, not to sound like old man, but I'm going to, uh, like the like Migos and... Uh, these rappers like okay i get it it's di it's a different sound but it it, it it says nothing the 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 songs all sounded the same Le'Veon, i appreciate that he has the ability to express himself but this album is garbage and uh we've enabled <laughs> we've enabled i'll tell you what uh i'll tell you what Le'Veon is <laughs> Le'Veon is two things he's 20 well so he, at 26 years old He's two things. He's a professional athlete, and he's a millennial. And what do those two groups have in common? They were told they were special their whole life. So we are telling Le'Veon he is special, and this album is special, and there ain't shit special about this album. How dare you? <laughs> how, how dare you come to my house and complain about my china, okay? <laughs> I this was a, this was a fucking wedding gift, and <laughs> and I'm I'm putting it on the table because I think you're special. That's what yeah. Le'Veon. That's what Le'Veon is is giving us. Okay, number two, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna give you a highlight. That song is called Emancipation Proclamation, and it, yeah. to my knowledge, to my knowledge, is the only rap song in history to drop the name Byron Leftwich as both a positive and a negative. Uh, uh. All this talking should be done, huh? Yeah, yeah. You just 
always talking mess. I'm just coming at you. I'm just coming at you. I'm just coming at you, necklace. People know my pockets fat as fat like Byron Leftwich. Man, I know I be at it. Balling like March Madness. I know y'all be sad, man. I'm fly just like the Latin. Up all night like I am Gladys. The problem to me, if we want to get analytical about like, he has no inflection. And and so just like there's these sleepy trap music beats that you could do something interesting on, but he just he's like droning over it. It is it is monotony on all monotony everything, as I was saying to my wife earlier. She was like, What is this? It's awful. And she likes rap music. And I was like, I can't even get into it. And I think um, the also also the filter of the the article uh, that you had us read, and by the way, Brad, thanks for coming up with all these topics that we could rip to shreds while we contribute nothing <laughs> in terms of topic material. Um, so thank you for that. But uh, in the the Billboard article, he lists himself as a far and away the best athlete rapper because he can do everything. And then I listened to this album, and there's there's no. <laughs> There's no variation in style. It's the same thing, the same he can't change the style notes. that Gareth described for eight songs. All right, okay. look, I'm, I'm not going to say that this is the most diverse uh, <laughs> beats. I'm not going to say this is the most. I'm a, I'm a PR person. I'm a highly awarded PR professional. Oh, so you let should me- be Livion Bell's PR person. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna reframe this debate. Okay, you ready? Ready for this, guys? Yeah, yeah, sure. Stop thinking. Stop thinking about this as a a rap album. Okay, continue. Let me get it. Uh huh. Gareth mentioned <laughs> it's pretty sleepy, right? Like, <laughs> let's start thinking of this as a noise a noise machine. Like a um. Uh, get you to sleep noise yeah, machine like, that like, happens to be rap. <laughs> I wanna, I'm gonna do some lyrics. You, you did some spoken word work on the show recently, so I'm mm-hmm. gonna do it now with a okay. few intros to a few songs. These are the first right. lyrics from the song Savage. Hey, bro, 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 <laughs> bro, bro, and then a lady saying scar, and then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, bro. Wow. Scar. Yeah. Uh. I'm getting back to my ways. All of these links. He's trying to make you think that you're on your phone and you got a call. Bro. Oh, bro. oh he is? Bro. Yeah, yeah. I missed that. I, I missed that uh, unplugged where he. All right. Well, look, look, look. There's a, there's a lot of different effects going on. Try to keep up. Here's the intro to Wednesday, <laughs> uh, spelled W-I-N Wednesday. Mm. Huh? Yo. Yep. Whoa. 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 Ten. Five. Seventeen. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Hey, uh, <laughs> classic. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. 
It says it all. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. He says a line in the song Nemo, bought a kilo. Uh-huh. Okay, so these athletes are highly drug tested. Yeah. Is he talking about like powdered supplements, like metrics, like what Steeman Willie no. Beeman used? No, he's talking about cocaine. But he's not, he's clearly not on cocaine, Adam. No. No, it's just the he's he he has a rap persona, and so and that word happened to rhyme with Nemo, uh, so kilo came up naturally. But Adam, his rap persona is unlike any other athlete rapper, just talking about being an athlete. Like he's bitching about his contract, sure. he's bitching about whatever. Like I don't see why he has to pretend that he is also living this like gangster life. He's talking about Byron Leftwich like missing his weight targets. Like yeah. it's fine. But there are only so many football references you can make that rhyme with Nemo. <laughs> so uh, when you got to fill up uh, an entire two minutes and twenty five seconds of a track, um, you're going to have to insert some other words. And Kilo just works here. All right, let's let's talk about the video. You guys are clearly having no fun with the album. Let's do the video. Here's <laughs> my here's my here's my that's a lot of fun. This is my this is my full my full on point about the video, okay? In the era of the 90s, it was all about how big can you make your music videos? And I think <laughs> this I is think, smart what, Fred, this is framed really smart. I'm going to give it up. What yeah. Le'Veon Bell has now proved is when you're that big, when you're legit, you yeah. don't even need HD footage on your video. You shoot that shit <laughs> SD because half <laughs> this video is very, very grainy. Le'Veon Bell is taking the rap genre of the music video and inverting it. You know what? You, you called it a rap video. And I would say that is the perfect world word because it looks like video. Like they shot it at a frame rate that it looks like it was shot by like <laughs> like they caught a news van driving back to the station <laughs> and they were like, Yo, can you come by this alley real fast and shoot our video? And they're like, Well, we don't shoot stuff that looks like film. No, dude, it's cool. We'll take whatever you got. This is a this is an athlete who's made tens of millions of dollars. He's determined not to spend more than $200 on this video. It's so they shot it in an alley. And then what appears to be like on his deck or porch, just like overlooking Pittsburgh. Yeah, but not even that doesn't seem like it's his apartment unless it's like, you know, sometimes athletes have side apartments. They have stabbing cabins. Like that that seems where <laughs> it like it where it might have been shot. It's the first ever video to try to make it seem like I live a glamorous life, but to own up to the fact that like my glamorous life is very reasonable. Because that apartment huh. that he shot this in is very like 
That's a condo that we could buy. Like, we could just go buy that condo. And then he had a Lamborghini that he's, like, on. But clearly, like, there's no underground parking for that Lambo. Like, that's out on the street every night. Right. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? This is like him trying to re-relate to our life. Like, he's uh-huh. saying, I'm just like you, sitting uh-huh. in my con- yeah my condo, worried about my Lambo. I'll give you the authenticity of the setup and that he uh, there was not an ostentatious presentation um, like you would see in some of the videos in the 90s. However... This also very much felt like a video in the late 90s that you would see on the box once and then it would disappear into oblivion forever. Man, the box was so great. <laughs> the man looks good with, with the shirt off. So, uh, Oh, yeah. We can hate all you want, but that cocoa butter is working. The best running back in the NFL looks good without a shirt on. Deal. Yeah. News at 11. The lyrical content of this song, Brad, you did not get into. Do you care? I, I, I do want to give him a little credit on this one. So Shade Room is basically, it's on Instagram. It's basically the black version of TMZ. Uh, they break a lot of um, celebrity news, or mainly within the hip-hop world, but they break a lot of celebrity news. Their creator... Um, was has been on some 30 under 30 lists. So he, if you notice at the end of the video, there is uh, pictures of him on Instagram, like in the shade room. Uh, so the shade room is famous for black celebrity gossip. And I think in this song and video, he was talking about all the criticism and rumors surrounding him. So there is uh, a very um, topical cultural reference that he's making during the song. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's all a cultural statement. <laughs> yeah. Gareth, you wanted to have this debate. You you said, should we treat this stuff like it's a novelty or not? Well, I hope you would listen to it. Like, you're not just like, don't do, Brad, don't read a written if we're yeah, going to go right. freestyle here, bro. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, we all know, uh, Gareth, we all know Le'Veon famously freestyles all his beats that's why you get stuff like the intro to how you feel which is yeah hit mm. bro yeah whoa mm. <laughs> kilo yeah milo stilo mino okay so what i'm saying is like we live in a golden age of no matter what fox news or lauren ingram says we are in a golden age of athletes who are more than an athlete and we're also about like i don't know almost probably 30 years into athletes rapping at least 20 and so i think the the novelty of this has kind of worn off and the fact that he's doing this is no longer special and we should not coddle this in a way Mm -hmm. that it's like oh this is terrible but it's actually cool because he's a great running back. And to me, what I'm saying at this point is like the novelty of this has worn off to the point, which is, I think, a good thing in an evolutionary step where it's, okay, you want to be a rapper? I'll take that at face value. Like, that's fine with me. Like Jordan Peele, who did a, a sketch 
wearing like as the most ridiculous athlete names ever is now an Oscar winner. Like as friend of the pod, Spencer Hall said, don't let him pigeonhole you. Okay. I'm not going to pigeonhole you. You can be the best running back in the NFL and you can be a rapper, but if you're a bad rapper, then I don't consider you a rapper. Like let's start to take this. A little, I don't want to say seriously, but seriously, like if you're going to be an artist, like put it out there. Like I think Jim Carrey is not that good a painter as an artist, but if you want to be taken seriously, that's fine. Put it out there and let it get beaten up a little bit by the haters. And I and, and I so- think that's just it. Where we've talked about Damian Lillard's albums, and I think you could make a legit argument that his production or the folks that he works with or his lyrical content, um, it elevates the art form um, or it challenges what we know about the art form. And Le'Veon can make as many albums as he wants, but it doesn't move the needle at all for me. I listen to it and, and it's, that's it. I mean, I'm pretty upset. <laughs> I'm <gonna say> that. <laughs> okay. Now we're breaking the China. I think we need to we we just need to look at these things and say these guys are excelling at one aspect of life in the 99th percentile. Yeah. Give no them question. give them a fair shake in the other percentile, but don't lose sight of the fact that they're awesome. In something else. What I want to do when I hear this stuff is evaluate it on the craziest level possible. Like, I want to look at this shit like it's a 3D, a 3D painting and say, uh-huh. I, it's not, it's like that Seinfeld line. It's not that you don't have focus. It's that you have deep focus. And when you find uh-huh. deep focus, you get the true meaning. So when you, when you listen to a lyric like, hey... Huh? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Hit. Bro. Whoa. Like from the song How You Feel? It yeah. means something more because you are staring deeply at it. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah. I like this stuff. I'm sorry you guys don't. Haters. Hashtag haters. <laughs> hashtag ecosystem. I will say that the beat... Look, Le'Veon suffers from a lack of diversity of beats, but the beat to Emancipation Proclamation, it does sound like um, kind of a creepy child's toy that gets played in a horror movie, like in the movie It, you know? Like, you just... Mm-hmm. It, it It's creepy, dude. I like it. It's good. Yeah. No, this shit's creepy. For Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right about now is a good time to move on to our interview with Graham Zusi. You know Graham as a standout player for Sporting Kansas City of MLS. Uh, you know him from his time with the U.S. men's national soccer team. Graham is a bona fide lover of the outdoors. Hiking, exploring, hammocking, um, so we break it all down. We, we talk about the best adventures he's been on, uh, you know, the, the, the handful of close calls, and which of his teammates uh, would be best in a uh, life-threatening situation in the wilderness. The answer 
might surprise you. So stick around. It's a lot of fun. We had a good time talking to Graham. And after that, we will be back to distract you. Stick around. All right, man. I I can't bury the lead. I got to go right to the tough question. So, so, oh so here I go. <laughs> I want to start with uh, with what you describe as your happy place. Then that is being in a hammock. I've <laughs> I've seen photos of you in your backyard with the hammock. I've seen you out in the wild with the hammock. And I gotta ask, what is it that's so relaxing about uh, about being in one of those to to be call, kind of calling your name? Yeah, well, I think uh, I, I, you're literally just hanging around. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's the best way to answer that question. Is, yeah, you're you're just you're just hanging out, and um, yeah, you can't do, can't be doing much else than than just hanging in a hammock. Uh, might have a good book, might have some good music, but other than that, can't be doing much. So, um, yeah, just uh, something about it that I love. Are you a uh, are you a one foot on the ground and sort of perpetually swing type of guy, or are you a just kind of be in it and let the wind kind of push you back and forth at its its leisure? Uh, it, it depends, man. Yeah, I, uh, I at times, um, usually if uh, usually if I've got like a book or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoy the one foot on the ground, um, <laughs> get, giving yourself a little boost, but, um, but there's those times where you just, uh, where you got your feet up and letting, letting the wind, wind do the work for you. And, um, that's when I can, uh, that's when I can really just, you know, take a, take a good snooze and, um, yeah, just, uh, let it all drift away. So, what's your history with the outdoors? What um, I, I you know, you're, I believe you grew up in Florida. I mean, was it was it a part of yeah. your life even back then, or something you discovered more as an adult? Um, it's it's kind of been part of uh, part of my life since I can remember growing up as well. Um, you know, obviously, I, I have three siblings, and um, all of us played sports and. Um, it wasn't too often that we, we got on a family vacation, but when we did, it was usually uh, a camping trip or, or something like that. So um, my parents were, were big into it as well. So um, just the way I was brought up and stuck with me ever since, um, you know, my, all, all my siblings still really enjoyed as well. My brother lives out in Utah, just the outdoor hotspot. So yeah. Um, He's, I mean, it seems like he's, he's out doing something every weekend. So yeah, just, um, something that, that I grew up with and has stuck with me ever since. So I'm a Northern kid, you know, grew up in Ohio, live in Chicago. And when I, when I think of being in the outdoors or camping down in, in, in swamp country, I find it terrifying. You know, I, I'm thinking gators. I'm thinking snakes. We we had Brett Favre on the show not long ago talking about the outdoors, and he said growing up in, in Louisiana, he just sort of got used to it, and, and it was a part of his life. So for you, when you're out there, in, 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 you know, in, in those types of environments as a, as a youth, is it are you ever concerned about the, the wildlife down there, or, or was it just something that was second nature? You know, I'm, uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I don't love... Um, you know, when the critters get in your tent or whatever, <laughs> I don't love it. Um, and luckily we, you know, the, the majority of the camping that I did, 
uh, we, we would get out of Florida for. Yeah. So we were going up into, you know, Appalachians or um, Smoky Mountains or the Rockies or something like that. So um, we were we were getting away from the swampland. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where you just you get used to it. Um, see a spider up in your tent, and it's like, all right, well, it's what uh, it's what what I got myself into. But <laughs> no, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. I didn't. Uh, they, they wouldn't get to me every now and then, but um, you know, once once you get used to it, it's not not a not a big deal. They're they're typically more terrified of you than anything. Yeah. Now it's hard to it's hard to tell from Instagram and, and social media somebody's sort of true true behavior sure. versus um, you know what what looks good in a photo. So your, your 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 social handles make it seem like you're more of a tranquility of nature type of guy as opposed to uh, the hardcore adventurer. But would that be a fair assessment? Or are you a, kind of a bit of both? Um, actually, I I uh, really enjoy just getting out. Um, in the, in the back country as well, just yeah. doing some of the more intense stuff. Also, um, I did a, this actually it wasn't this past off season, but the, the one before, uh, my girlfriend and I did a, a seven day backpacking, um, trip down in big Bend national park. Wow. Um, and we were, I mean, literally carrying everything supplies on our back for, for seven days. Um, so I, I, I mean, I, I really enjoy doing the, the hardcore stuff um, when I can. You know, obviously schedule-wise, it's, it's a little bit tough. Um, so those things are, are typically a little bit easier to do in the summertime or springtime. Um, we have basically December off, so uh, it's tough to, to, to really find the, some of the good stuff. But that, I mean, that was uh, the one down in Big Bend was. Yeah, it was uh, it was good stuff, man. It was we were out there and you know having to purify our own water and um, you know all the meals were were packed away before the trip. So yeah, it was uh, it was some good stuff. I mean, obviously, I love the um, the opportunities to to really just chill and relax as well. You need that some of that in your life. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of uh, enjoy going both ways. Yeah, I mean, what would you say are your favorite? your favorite trips, your favorite adventures that you've taken. And, 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 you know, when you're, when you're, I, I suppose there's two things that one is just like the scenery that you, that, you know, that you run into or the, or the, sure. you know, the, the, the physical location of it, but there's also, there's a mental and emotional connection to certain, oh, yeah. certain trips. So I'm just curious what, what your, what the top of your story list is and why. So the, my, my trip to big bend is definitely up there on my list. Um, that was the, uh, I think that week was the longest that I've been kind of um, literally, uh, you know, out of touch from, yeah. from anything. Um, and then the year, I think the year before that, I went on a, about a three week road trip uh, just by myself, uh, started here in Kansas City and then, um, Drove down into, went south to Oklahoma and then across to New Mexico, up through Colorado, over to um, Utah, and then out to the the 
northern tip of California and then drove down the coast of California. Wow. Um, just camping uh, throughout the whole trip. Um, half of it was just me and my dog. Um, and then uh, half of it was just me. And um, that trip, uh, like you said, just the, the mental aspect of that trip was was what really did it for me. It was incredible um, just being out there by yourself. Um, it was just a total mind clear for me. Um, yeah, just mentally uh, just totally rejuvenated myself mentally. And um, I remember coming back from that off season um, feeling super refreshed. So, yeah, we take that for granted because as an athlete, I mean, you're in a constant state of, of stimulation mentally, you know, whether, and not just the crowd noise, but you, you know, your, your daily schedule and the routines that athletes have to get into and they're, you know, we know they're creatures of habit. So what, what, what is the draw for you to be in a place of, of complete stillness where I'm imagining you're either um, getting away from things or processing things you haven't had time to process or, or even just like the, the just embracing the silence? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, for me, um, I love, I, you know, I, I love getting away from the, the routine of a, of a normal day or week or year or month or whatever. I, I, I you know, for me, the, the um, how can I put this? It, it, you know, the, you can get very bored and time can pass you by very quickly without you notice, knowing it mm-hmm. when you get stuck in a routine. Yeah. Um, so for me, doing these things, doing these trips, um, is a is an opportunity for me to slow down life, um, appreciate some things that on a daily basis you, you might not appreciate, be in just beautiful places, which kind of goes back to the appreciation art for me um and letting your mind go places that uh it, it might not go on a, on a daily basis just because of the, the daily grind of of life so for me that's that's a huge part of it um and uh i, I guess the 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 easy answer the easier answer is uh i just i, I the the beauty of the outdoors is it, it, it's uh, it's huge for me. I mean, I, I absolutely love it. So um, that alone can can kind of help recharge the batteries. Uh, you know, when you're, you know, I guess it's one thing when you're when you're with someone else. Like you mentioned, your girlfriend. I mean, first of all, you're on a on a week long trip, like you said, through those types of terrain. Like that's that's like going to be a deal breaker trip, man. You're either you're either coming <laughs> back in good shape. Did you ever th- did you ever talk about that on the wind? Like, hey, man, we're oh for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you you joke about it, absolutely. You know, you know, if we can if we can handle each other for a week <laughs> without a shower, without brushing your teeth. Uh, I mean, yeah, we we brought our toothbrushes, obviously, but. Um, but yeah, staying in a, in a, basically a four by four tent 
or six by four ten um for a week if you can get through that then you can get through anything so <laughs> um no yeah that's uh that's and first uh, absolutely joked with her about you know this is a big test for you <laughs> <laughs> no but she she's uh she's a big time trooper and she she was actually one who who set up the trip so yeah um, yeah it's uh a big big one for me well when you're by yourself did you ever run into any situations that you would consider to be you know treacherous might be too strong a word but did you I, i've talked to people who've done you know the, the, you yeah. know sort of solo ventures and a, a number of them kind of just just talk about a moment when they realized i just might have bitten off a bit more than i can chew and that's everything right. from taking a wrong turn and getting slightly off course and just getting that like twinge of anxiousness to running into a even a, what looks to be a docile wild animal, but knowing you're really not supposed right, to move, right. so you just stand there for, you know, for for two hours. Like, what 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 would you say would be the most treacherous of your experiences out by yourself? So the the one that popped into my, my mind right when you said that is uh, when I was on that road trip uh, by myself. Um, at this point, it was myself and my dog, and I was in I was in Colorado, and I had driven off road for about probably two hours of, of not being on a road, just right <laughs> straight into the mountains. Um, it was cold. It was probably 15 degrees and, uh, but not much snow at that point. So I, I found a spot to set up camp and cooked myself some dinner and, um, at this point, it's it's winter time, so it got dark pretty early, right around right around five. Mm -hmm. um, got into my tent around nine ish, and um, didn't realize that it had started dumping snow. I mean, it, it was silent, <laughs> but it was it was absolutely dumping. And um, my first scare was uh, I heard some scratching on the side of my tent. Um, and it, it freaked me out. I was like, Oh great. There's a, there's a bear outside my tent. That was, <laughs> that was my first, first instinct, of course. Um, but then I realized that it, it was, it was the snow just accumulating on the top and just sliding down. Oh, so okay. that, 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 uh, that after that, I was able to fall asleep. No problem. But the issue was came in the morning when I, when I opened my tent, and it uh, it has snowed probably three feet where I was oh, easily. Man. I mean, my tent my tent was completely under snow, and um, the the I, I say road, but the 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 way I came in, it was just I mean completely completely covered in snow. So I was I was pretty concerned about getting out. Um, from from where I came, so, and I I mean I I hadn't seen any civilization for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles, uh, probably two hours worth of driving. So uh, a bit concerned, but um, luckily I had a four wheel drive car and uh, was able to get out of it. But that was that was pretty concerning. I was I was a little worried about that one. 
I can totally relate, man. My wife and I went to Iceland in the winter and we, we rented a car and we drove around and, and I ended up going through a closed road that was, the gate was just left open. So we didn't, we didn't know. Right. And we, we kept going. And then finally the snow was just everywhere. And I was like, All right, I'm going to do a U-turn. And I backed up and one tire kind of went off an over, a, sl- a small overhang that would have taken me down probably seven feet into it, oh, like ro- rolled down into a ditch. Yeah. But we had no cell phone. We were in the middle of nowhere. Uh, uh, you know, and you think, man, if, if I just if I go back an, ex- an extra half foot and I slide down there, we're stranded in this car oh, yeah. in the middle of nowhere. And I, it is that sort of. You get that? I don't. I forget what the movie was. The like Into the Wild or, what, or whatever. Like that. Yeah, the one movie yeah. you start to think about. Geez, little choices that add up. But right. And now, as a professional athlete, you got to take care of your body. Have you ever been dissuaded from doing something that you you were like, it just might be too extreme for you know, like you said, like seven days of cooking your own food. I mean, you can't drop six pounds and come back and, right, right. and train. Like, yeah. wh- where do you draw the line between outdoor excursions and? what you need to do just even contractually to, um, you know, to, to, to keep up with, with your demands for training. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the big, the big one for me was I was, uh, I love snowboarding, um, kind of growing up and it was something I would do on a, on a yearly basis. Um, but I pretty much stopped doing that altogether. Um, yeah, I think two years before the world cup, uh, down in Brazil. And it was just something that I uh, kind of bit the bullet. I was like, you know what? I don't want to regret doing something stupid, um, for the rest of my life kind of thing. And there was always going to be time afterwards to, to lace them back up. So, um, I pretty much gave up. Yeah. The, uh, the snow sports, the snowboarding. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, it's, it's been tough. It's been, uh, killing me to, to not go out, especially with, uh, with a brother out in Utah, some of the best snow out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, something that I've put off until probably I'll probably after I'm done playing. So to close out a little bit of a speed round here, um, can, can you start fire by yourself without the aid of, uh, of lighters or matches? I've taught myself to, oh. but, but I've, I've never done it. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, if, if I, if I have matches or, or a fire starter, why well, put myself through the, the trouble of, <laughs> of having to, to, to really go up, go about it. So I guess, uh, to answer your question, I, no, I've never, I've never, uh, never had to, and I uh, never have yet. But well, if I was in a, if I was in a true, um, true circumstance where I, I needed to, uh, I think, I think I could at least. I so. mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to, uh, to, to, to push back too much, but I. I mentally know how to do a bike kick in traffic off a corner, <laughs> but that doesn't mean I can just roll it out anytime well, I want, man. You know what? You're absolutely, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> I've, I've seen some of these, these shows on TV where, you know, they, they put in these, these so-called survivalists out in the wild and like, Oh yeah, I can, I can start a fire. No problem. And then they're in the, they're in the situation. They can't do it. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I 
I don't know. You're you're absolutely correct. <laughs> when when push comes to shove, I I don't know. In a, in this situation, that I could do it. You're, you're correct. I was going to ask you about that too. Would you? Uh, we've seen a lot of athletes do Survivor now. Uh, you know, when your career's done, can we expect you on something like Naked and Afraid or any of those other shows? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I do that. You know, I, I think I'd have to to hear more about what actually goes down because you know, you, you everyone was all up in arms when, when Bear Grylls released that. Right. You know, on the on the bad nights, I just go and stay in a hotel. So <laughs> I have to, have to see how real it was. What's your go-to, like, sort of outdoors, camp-out food? You know, the, these, these freeze-dried, you know, just-add-water bags that they have out now are actually really good. Huh. Um, you know, some of the, uh, I forget some of the, the brand names, but um, if when it, if it's true, like backpacking, then I'll, I'll just have a bunch of those in my pack. But um, other than that, I'm, I'm a big fan of just like the iron um, skillet or, or, or bowl kind of thing and just throwing a bunch of, making a big stew out of that. Yeah. We got to remember those brand names next time for uh, that's how you get the deals, man. You drop you drop know, those right? in the interviews and, and on Twitter, right. and they, they come to you. And I uh, guess finally, what, what teammate, past or present, would you say you you'd most want to be out in a in a treacherous situation with, and and why? What what skills would they bring to the table you'd find useful? Ooh, let's see, I'd probably have to say, I'd have to I'd have to get someone who could hunt i'm not a hunter so um in a true survival situation you know brad brad davis was a big hunter oh okay um kevin ellis was a big hunter as well so i, I think i need someone who could uh bring in the bring in the food and and man your, your dog uh the 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 hashtag adventure pup uh needs his own instagram stat man <laughs> I, I, you're not the first one to <laughs> to say that I've, I've held off as long as possible i'm, I'm not a <laughs> not one to uh to make one for my my dog or, or child that's how you that's how you get the real money though man the pet pet instagram i know someone who's got a hedgehog you know instagram that has like twenty thousand followers you're, you're so right it's like loki the wolf dog this guy's <laughs> probably raking it in from that dog <laughs> well man we, we wish you nothing but the best this season thank you for joining us and also uh, more so we wish you great adventures this off season do you have anything planned or are you gonna you know, make it up when you get there you know we're uh we started to look at it already we're thinking uh patagonia this off season oh very yeah. good man very yeah. good well you got a couple months to practice uh making fire with damp wood that's right <laughs> And we are back in the sports world. The athletes, coaches, media, they all do interesting things. And then we tell them, hey, don't be interesting. Just go back to watching game film. We don't adhere to that on this show, especially me more than my co-hosts, which is why every week we tell you what's distracting us. Gareth in New York, kick us off. All right. We got to think of a name for this, like the Brad Burke 
approach to a story where you get hyper obsessed with basically, I don't know, the off field, off court, off air machinations behind something. Um, we've talked about it with college uh, sports realignment, uh, late night shows. That was Those are long ongoing conversations Brad and I've had. Uh, Brad's talked about it on here for the Marvel DC feud. I'm going through one of those right now with Pitt basketball. <clears throat> I don't care about Pitt. I don't like Pitt. I'm not even that someone who I work on college basketball at this point. I don't really follow it. But I've been fascinated by them because two years ago, after the, the team had kind of hit a lull, Jamie Dixon was kind of was forced out to TCU. So they hired Kevin Stallings from Vanderbilt. In the last two years, I think he's gone something like four and thirty-two. This year, he went zero and eighteen in yeah. the ACC. They're the only Division One school that went zero for their conference. Denson wrote about this. It was great. It was really. I, mean, great. I was so I was slightly into it. Then Deadspin published this story today. But I have to share, like, what got me into the demise of pit basketball. And this is where I'm going to have a hard time relaying this without laughing. There was a gif from the um, from an ACC game, Pitt versus Notre Dame. There's 11 seconds left, and Kevin Stallings is in a timeout. He's trying to prove a point and break the clipboard over his knee, and he can't do it, and it doesn't break. So then he doesn't know what to do, so he sits there for like 10 seconds and then realizes he has to drop a play. So he had no play in mind. His whole plan was to motivate the team by smashing the clipboard over his knee. And then when it did break, he had no backup plan. (laughs) It is an instant top five sports gift for me. It's wonderful. It says everything. It's like the entire era of Kevin Stallings summed up in a few seconds. He's now... They're going to probably force him out after two years, and they're trying to convince him to take a $7.5 million buyout, not his contractually obligated 9.5. And basically, everybody online is like, this is a 57-year-old man who has just tanked out after two years and went 0-18 in the ACC. He's not coaching for another job at this right. point, guys. Just give him the money and move on. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, it's awesome. I'm way into it. I'm deep down the pit panther basketball rabbit hole. <laughs> hey, I, I want to. This is a true story. I went to Bradley. I got my first job in the same city, Peoria, Illinois. And in 2006, we made the tournament and we beat Kansas in the first round. <laughs> then we beat Pittsburgh in the second round to go to the Sweet 16. And the scoreboard on the CBS feed, like the the, the, the graphics said Brad oh, and right. then Pitt. So it was Brad Pitt. And they clearly did it on purpose. And it was super annoying. I got into work that day and I was the entertainment editor. And my boss said, I want you to call Brad Pitt's people and see if he's watching this and get a comment from him. And I was like, hmm. we're the Peoria newspaper. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to get Brad Pitt in the middle of his Angelina Jolie, Aniston breakup, Uh but I spent all day on it and I got a publicist to take Mm. my call. And I was like, 
do you, did he watch the game? Does he have anything to say? And she sent me something back that was like, no comment. And I got to put that in my story. Like, when contacted, Brad Pitt's representatives had no comment on this. And it got me off the hook with my boss. So shout, awesome. out, shout out to reporters who make the call, even though they're, it's totally unreasonable. It's so much better to say, to get a no comment than to get a did not reply to a uh, call. Hell yeah. All right, Adam, what's distracting you? Well, I'm going to throw this back to you, Brad, because I am very proud of you. And if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. But Brad, you've recently made investment in a certain piece of fashion. Do you want to tell the folks about that? I bought some <laughs> Jordan. I bought some Jordan ones. <laughs> what? And, why, and what inspired this? Well, do we want to really get honest about it? Yeah. I do. You know, sometimes when you go to a meeting at work, you don't want to look like you're wearing boring shoes. So I I, I bought a pair of Jordans, and then I bought another pair of Jordans. They were both on clearance, and uh, I like them. They hurt my knees a little bit, my ankles. They're hard to sit in at a Uh desk, but uh, I like them, and I'm going to wear them. Well, congratulations, man. Welcome to the club. One is uh, one pair is uh, like blue and navy blue, and the other pair is uh, black and uh, gray. I'm liking it. You and I actually have the same pair now, so we will coordinate next and time. And then I and then I asked out. you about the Jordan threes, and you're like, "Good luck, buddy." Yeah, <laughs> I entered every. I've been on the Nike sneakers app. I've been on the app called Goat. I've been on eBay trying to get those the the white Jordan threes. Well, there's the black cement. And then there's the the classic Jordan threes. I've been trying to get both pairs on eBay, and you just can't. It's hard to spend under three hundred dollars to get either pair. So anyone with a sneaker hookup, let us know. Yeah, I mean, look. Long story short, man, I'll say this about the Jordans. I love the Jordan one. I think the Jordan two has its place. I think it's interesting. I think the Jordan three is amazing. Four and five are. I think good, good, if a little bit, a little bit too early '90s style for uh-huh. me. Yeah. And then after that, the only one is the one Adam you like. Is it is it the eleven that are like kind of like the boys yeah. to men on the red carpet Jordans? It, well, yeah, they're the the patent leather. And I remember Antonio Trujillo in my sophomore art class walked in with those, and I was blown away by those shoes and only recently did i actually get a pair but and the sixes are i like the sixes as well <laughs> adam I, adam you got that pair when you when you mugged antonio serviso right well the, he was like a five six <laughs> hispanic guy so i i doubt we were the same size but i would squeeze my foot into those <laughs> like a like a 300 hundred dollar stiletto if i had to I love the Jordan ones, man. I think they're I think they're great. I ha- I had a previous pair uh, that I bought with a Nike gift card, uh, but they're all white and red. Yeah. And my wife's like, "No way!" At least these look like normal shoes when you have jeans over them. Yeah, I have four pairs. I have four Jordan ones. The other the other classic shoe I really want to get are like the Agassiz, the 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 the, the, the pink. Really? I love those, like the original. Ag- I had a pair when I was growing up, and then I had a pair of like the Scotty Pippen flights once. And uh, when I was playing middle school basketball, Gareth, you remember that team? 
Uh, I think you oh, were yeah. the manager. I think you were the manager of that team. I saw this coming. <laughs> I had uh, I had Jamal Mashburn's Filas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those were ugly. I signed up for an aqua bike, which is a swim and a bike. So it's like 14 miles on the bike and I think oh, almost wow. almost a mile on the swim, but I'm not sure. So that's in August. So we're going to see if I can Ooh. get it done. I was going to do the run too and do like a full try, but my my knee is so unstable that I have a hard time on stairs. <laughs> uh-huh. So I'm not sure I should be running at three miles. No. Good for you, man. When yeah. do you when do you start training? Uh whenever Joe Reed starts editing the podcast again. Got it. <laughs> let me know let me know if you need product. Be happy to help you out. Oh, you know what? I do need product. Uh ten yeah. and a half size uh Jordan ones, please. Or no, I didn't mean that kind of product. <laughs> I'll swim. Yeah. Hey Adam, if I could get a pair of Jordan threes uh to swim in, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't swim, so I would do the bike. Is there a bike run? Well, you know, you, no. Well, I don't know, man. Uh, you can you can contact if you're really that interested in Adam. You can do the Naper. You can contact the Naperville uh, <laughs> triathlon people and see if this is something you want to do. I will yeah, say, I think I'll I think I'll start with walking home and to work every day. Uh, the ten minute walk it takes to, to go work, even though sometimes I take a cab home. Yeah, look, and when I get done with that swim, the first thing I'm going to say is, my diamonds are wet, like I'm Nemo. Yeah, and you get kicked on that in the note, face. Adam, I believe the words you were looking for uh, were not just, yeah. It was... Yeah. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was... You know. Huh? What's up? Yo. Yep. Whoa. 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 Ten. <laughs> Five. 17. All right. Hey. Well. Hey. Hey. Uh. <laughs> I love that yeah. song. I think it's time to end this before the migraine reaches All its right. full peak. That is the end. No shout outs this week except to Le'Veon Bell. Uh, or Gareth, do you have a shout out? Shout out Kevin Stallings, man. Get that clipboard, bro. Yeah, a real quick one. Um, Shout out to Ed Hockley, the most famous referee of all time who is retiring from the NFL. He really is the most famous referee of all time. I still remember the first time John Madden noticed his arms and said, Ed Hockley's been working out this offseason. He got some guns. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is our show for this week. And in the immortal words of Le'Veon Bell, hey, bro, uh, bro, what? bro, yeah, bro. Bro. Kilo. (laughs) Lady voice. Scar? Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Uh, Kilo. And and booty rappers stay booty. (laughs) Booty rappers stay booty.